You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hey there, everybody. It's Brooke Walker. Welcome to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. This is a fun project for me. I hope you feel that fun as well as we dive into the kind of topics and themes that hit you where it counts. They hit us at the home front, right? Making the daily decisions and the daily efforts to bring our family closer. Our tagline on the show is inspiring ideas, inspiring families. That's what we hope to share and promote. And of course, there's a companion project, The Conversation that you'll listen to here. Family Rules, the TV show over on BYU TV. So we're serving it up and we hope it's serving you as we tap into the experts and the parents out there who are striving to make a difference and get it right. No family is perfect, but it seems every family has a strength to share. We like to tap into those stories here on this program. Today's topic actually starts at the top. It's not necessarily family focused by design. We'll talk about, though, how the effects of a strong marriage do shake down the family tree. We're inviting to this conversation a marriage expert. He has coached couples for more than 20 years. He's written the book on marriage, if you will, a couple of them actually, and he's bringing his sound and solid marriage advice to the family table today. Lean in and listen as Dr. Matt Townsend tells us how we can put our marriage first and why our family will be better if we do. My good buddy, Dr. Matt Townsend, back for his encore appearance on Family Rules, the podcast. Good to be with you again, Brooke. I love this show. By popular demand. We're so glad that you're jumping in again. Is that my wife calling? Oh, she, she was very insistent that we need more of <laughs> you, you. More Matt. You've got to have him back on. More Matt. No, no, no. We love you. We really do. And you have a way of framing these topics in, a, in, a, in an approach that's relatable and it's so down to earth. You throw in a little bit of... Knock, knock jokes too. No, just kidding. But the humor, I think, <laughs> yeah, helps keep yeah, it light. Jokes. Especially when we're talking about a topic like marriage. I mentioned uh, dad of six. Also, grandpa we should throw on the resume yeah, too. Grandpa of three. Right? Three of the cutest little infectious bundles of <laughs> infection. <laughs> Is that what they are? Yeah, they just, so we were cute. just whipping and they were hacking up. It's uh, honestly, they, <laughs> they, they, they cough like a bunch of smokers. <laughs> Those three-year-olds, you got to watch them. Do you That's give right. your kids parenting advice, dating advice, even marriage advice? How does that work? Yeah, it's funny. No one asks. Oh, imagine, that. imagine that. Imagine that. It, it is funny because they, um, it's it's weird. They They know, they like to listen to me and they'll ask, a lot of times they'll ask when they're, when their girlfriend is around, they'll they'll sit around and we'll talk and they'll ask questions. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes it's I just had a really interesting moment because I have one of my sons that's about to make a big life decision. Uh-oh. And he but he he does, he's very private. He doesn't want to like get me involved if he doesn't have to, but I could see him circling me. Like physically? Yeah. Like he was literally we I was getting dressed and he just kept, he was just in my space. Uh-huh. And finally I'm just like, what's going on? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to ask a few things. And then, so uh, pay attention to your kids because they're curious and they want to know more. Sure. And um, and if I, I'm afraid if I hadn't said something, he may not have opened up. But you noticed that kind of physical yeah. lingering. You could tell yeah. there was something brewing and stewing. And I don't want to miss those moments, sure. right? And that is one thing that happens with us as parents. We We love our marriage. We love our relationship. But I'm not sure we're making it something that's really attractive. Uh, to other to our kids. 
That's like they might look at our marriage and think, whoa, I don't want to be like that. Well, yeah. Is it heavy? Is it hard? Yeah. Is it work? Uh-huh. I mean, it is work for sure. But are we yeah. punching home the joy and the rewards yeah. and the benefits? How do you know, Matt? I mean, here I sit in the in the throes of family life, right, with three, almost four kids under the age of five. So the daily demands are a lot of what I think, if I were to be honest, opens up communication in my marriage. And that doesn't sound yeah. very fun. But how do you know yeah. if your marriage is a priority, the priority on the to-do list where it should be? Well, one of the ways I guess you know is that you um, you make it the priority. So it is something you actually think about intentionally. Okay. A lot of us, I think, just react to it. But remember, it is an institution and it is a living, breathing thing. Relationships are, they, they don't die. You just have to kill them. So um, they're there all the time. And if you, so what you might do is even ask yourself, how do I make my relationship a priority? Do I, because anything that's a priority, we spend money on, we spend time on, we spend energy and focus on, we make goals around it. Like with our health, we make health goals and you live your health goals every day. So, you know, that's a priority. Do you have, do you make goals for your marriage that you're living every day is one way to know that it's top of mind. The health comparison is an interesting one because not just health goals, but we're doing health checkups, right? If I'm, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm talking to a doctor at least once a year. Are those, are those verbal check-ins valuable too? Yeah, I think it's a great thing. Another thing just is uh, have a number system. I like this idea of one to 10. On a scale from one to 10, how do you feel about our relationship today? How are you doing today with us? And what's really cool about it is sometimes um, sometimes your partner can have a three day, a really low day, but the relationship could still be an eight. And if all of a sudden we have a real scale for our marriage, then we can have a fight and in the relationship right now, the fight goes down to a three or right. the relationship goes down to a three. Right. But um, then we can know that after we've healed it the next day, we can find out on a scale from one to 10, how do you feel today about our relationship? And if it's a seven, all of a sudden it feels a little bit better. I like that. You talked about marriage being an institution. We'll reach for a different word. And I actually like this word even better. You like to think of marriages as heirlooms. Yeah. So think about an heirlooms. Think about something that grandma and grandpa had that they handed down to you that when you received this heirloom, it was, it was so priceless. It was so valuable. Is it possible that we could actually make our marriage something that we hand down as a model, that we hand down as, a, as an example of what loving relationships look like? Now, I didn't, I didn't, think of this idea until I saw my wife's grandparents and Bill and Margaret. Bill was a, like a John Wayne-esque guy, about six, probably four or five, huge Bill. hands. You remember? I've, you've, I've told you this story yeah, yeah. a million times. I love hearing and, about um, Bill. And then, but, and Margaret was just a dainty little tiny woman, henna colored hair, but, but Margaret got Alzheimer's. And it used to be that Margaret pretty much did everything. She took care of Bill. She did everything. But when Margaret got Alzheimer's, Bill had the chance to finally serve Margaret and, and love her. Like in no, in a way he had never had to serve her. He always loved her, but he had to serve her. And so we all watched Bill serve Margaret for years and years and years. And as we watched, it became this, it became this new thing of what a loving relationship looks like. And then when Margaret died, I'll never forget it. We tucked Bill into bed, Marty and I did, 
Uh, Marty's parents were out of the country on a uh, mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we tucked Bill into bed. And I remember he cried himself to bed, uh, to sleep. He was saying, now who am I going to serve? And he had spent his entire life. In fact, I remember one time we picked him up to take him to dinner and he was he spent so much time on Margaret's hair just fluffing up <laughs> her henna colored oh. hair. And, and I'm like, Bill, why do you take so much time on Margaret's hair? And his hair looked horrible. By the way. <laughs> his hair said, could use the attention. Yeah, he needed the attention. And mm-hmm. I, he's like, he just looked at me really stern and he said, Matt, because Margaret would have wanted it that way. She would have killed me if I took her out with her hair wrong. But do you know how many times he probably fought her on how long she took to do her hair? Mm. But he had now earned this love and it became an heirloom that, in fact, I'll never forget. After she died, we sat with as a family and he stood up and he said, look, I want to tell you all something right now. Kind of like you young whippersnappers. I want you to learn something. But he said, I spent my entire life loving one woman, but I did not come to fully love her till the last few years of her life when I gave myself fully to her. And then he said, do not wait for uh, your partner to be dying before you give and earn that enduring love. Mm-hmm. Earn it now. Earn it right now. Give yourself right now because there's going to be a day you're going you're gonna to wish you had done more. And so that is an heirloom marriage. That's a marriage that I now look to that I want to hand down to my kids. So when I get a little frustrated with my wife, I think of... Bill and Margaret, and I think of the heirloom I'm trying to hand down. And by doing this, we make our marriage more inviting. We make our marriage something our kids want to do. There is a reason people, fewer people want to marry. And part of that is because we didn't make it very attractive. Our parents may not have made marriage look very attractive. It may have looked like a like a prison sentence, you know? <laughs> and so just think that through. And as a couple, that's a great activity. If you really want to make a marriage work, go talk about how what you want to hand down from your marriage. I love that. Or or maybe even identify a couple that you can aspire to, even if yep. it's not within your own family tree. Yeah. I remember my my friends used to make fun of me when I was a teenager because I would I would stop and become fixated on these cute older couples, right? It's the it's <laughs> yeah. the it's the gentleman that's still opening his wife's door, right, into their 80s or pulling out her chair. Or I had this fascination and infatuation with these older season couples, these enduring love stories that were still doing it. So I appreciate you saying looking up to Bill and Margaret is kind of a motivator for you. I think we yeah. can all find those those couple examples, right, to look to. And what else is so powerful about it, too, is that they're going to bring you ideas you didn't, that you're attracted to. Like if you notice that the car door opening and closing is important. Yeah. You can learn that by watching other people. And then you bring that into your repertoire. That becomes part of your marriage repertoire. There's a verb, there's an action word that you like to encourage couples that you coach to aspire to and work toward. And that word is turn, as in turn toward each other. Explain your ideas around this. So there's a researcher, marriage researcher, a lot of people know of John Gottman. And John's research, um, he's he's done one of the most amazing things because he studied couples for so long that he can actually predict divorce. He can predict what things lead to divorce, what things don't. And um, one of the things that he has found, he calls it bids and turns. Okay. A bid is any time in a marriage that you, you say something to your partner, you invite an opportunity for them to turn and connect to you. A bid is something like, hey, babe, how was your day? Uh-huh. 
or oh my heck, the funniest thing happened today, and you can turn, and that's the bid. Now, what he found though are the healthiest couples have a high level of bidding and turning. The turn is when the partner sends a bid, an invitation. The turn is when the other partner drops what they're doing and turns to connect on the bid. Physically, I am eye to eye. I am turns. Yeah. Yeah. And the research he found is the couples that um, had the healthiest marriages turned nine out of 10 times. Hmm. So if you want to make sure you have a healthy, connected, synchronous marriage, turn when your partner bids. Every time they say something to you, put down what you're doing and turn and connect. And part of that, and by the way, the couples that had the highest divorce rates only would turn and turn to the bids about a third of the time. Which actually so, still isn't a terrible number, I have to say. It if doesn't you consider seem the, like it in today's yeah, day and age. If you consider right. the busyness of daily life, I mean, three out of 10, not terrible, but look at the result after days right. and days of those missed turns. Now, the funny thing about the turn, by the way, was when human beings, two, if I put two human beings and make them that are in a romantic relationship and they look at each other eye to eye and sit across from each other and just try to connect If I give them three minutes to do that, do you know what will happen, Brooke? Tell us. Their heart rates will sink. Our actual heart rate? Yeah. Becomes in pattern, in sync with Uh our partner? In sync. That's amazing. And weirdly, um, what it actually, what happens is one person's heart rate adjusts to the other person's heart rate. That's amazing. That's called synchrony. And that's because we have mirror neurons. And as human beings... We want our heart rates in sync yes. because that helps us be safer, feel closer, be more united. This is why um, it's, but if you're not turning, you're not going to get into sync. And if you're not into sync, you're not going to get the benefits of feeling connected to another human being. I love that. I love when the physical turn, meets the emotional, turn. right? Meets the mental, yeah. meets the spiritual. It all comes together. Gratitude made your list of ways we can improve our marriage, ultimately to improve our family dynamic. People may be saying, why are we talking about marriage so heavily during a during a family conversation? But there is, and we'll get to it, there are huge benefits yeah. to the family group, right? As a dynamic, if the marriage is stronger. But what role does gratitude play in that, Matt? Again, research is way clear. The the more you can actually see the good things that happen and express good for the good or gratitude for the good, uh-huh. you perpetuate more good. So it's simply being able to see something that's positive and, and positively happening. How many times in our marriages do we kind of just take each other for granted? Because you're supposed to feed the kids. Like, right, you're the spouse, so feed the kids. I, I shouldn't have to praise you for diapering your own child. <laughs> Except the value of you seeing that they're diapering the child and then saying something about diapering the child yeah. means that you're actually expressing what we like. And what we tend to do in our relationships is we tend to actually spend a lot of our, an inordinate amount of time, arguing about what we don't like. Mm-hmm. And when we argue about what we don't like, we perpetuate what we don't like. We give more examples of what we don't like, and it feels like it's worse than it really is. When we actually intentionally are finding the good things, holding them up, showing them and reinforcing them, we create more of the good that we want. And haven't we all felt this? There is not a greater compliment or point of praise than one that comes out of my husband's mouth. Like, thank you for working so hard or thank you for cleaning the house. I mean, that hits in a deeper, more personal way than anyone else if they would have said the exact same words. And so we've all felt this, I think, on the receiving end. We could maybe do a little bit better of a job of stepping up and saying it ourselves. 
And at the end of every night, uh, an activity I suggest is that just if you, even if you just got a white marker, a whiteboard marker and wrote on your bathroom mirror, three things you loved about your partner that day, mm. what are three things you saw happen? And, or if you just did it on a piece of paper, you could actually start collecting all the things that you love about them. Thank you for doing this. I felt so much closer when you did this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Then if you did that for, let's say five months, you would have dozens and dozens of examples of things you could do to just feed the love. And um, gratitude does communicate to the other what you want to see more of. Hmm. And we just need more solutions. And that's a great way to aggregate them. Good grows good. Gratitude grows gratitude. Let's talk about, I mean, we can't talk about bettering our relationships and improving our connections without addressing the elephant in the room, which is technology. And I feel like it comes up in almost every worthy value-based topic, but especially when it comes to our marriage, Matt, how is technology making an impact or maybe for good or for bad, taking us down a little bit? You you would think it would just be the greatest thing in the world because now we can track where you are. And now, now <laughs> we can I know stalk exactly each other. where you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, and there was a study done by global, a global solutions company, Asurian, and this is crazy, but it says the average adult brings their phone to bed more than four nights a week, spending 40 minutes on their phone before going to sleep. Okay, like I'm cuddling with my smartphone. I mean, and guess what? I've yeah. done it. I'm, I'm part of that, that statistic, yeah. admittedly. But like, how sad is that to think about? I'm cuddling well, up to my smartphone before I say goodnight. More than half of the people that, that they, they surveyed say they feel that they're missing out on quality time with their better half, with their mm. partner. 35% say their sex life has been impacted by their partner's phone use. I and so it. it used to be that we would, it used to be we'd go to bed together. And at the worst, you'd be reading a book. Sure. But now we go to bed with our phone. And in fact, crazily, three nights a week, we're both watching in bed our own shows on separate screens. Ugh. So we're not even connecting. We used to watch the news together. It's, you know, you'd it's watch. It's depressing yeah. to hear you say it yeah. out loud. And so it's, it's impacting us. Yeah. And I don't even think we actually understand the full long-term impact at all. We've only been studying this for a decade. Well, and right? to your point, I mean, going to bed with a book is one thing, but if I've got my smartphone out and maybe that yeah. means my social media is on, I'm essentially yeah. inviting, I mean, don't take this literally, yeah. but I'm inviting a lot of people into bed. I mean, I'm connecting with no, other are. people before I say goodnight when the person I should be connecting with is right physically next to me in the room. And what would happen if we just did what the doctors suggest we should do, turn the phones off two hours before you want to go to sleep. That way you're not getting blue light. Is that the timeline? Two hours? Yeah. Two hours before, turn them off. I joke that we should put them to bed. In fact, I think even on your show, we had a Barbie bed. We did. And you, you can tuck your little phone into Listen, bed. Now stop. Don't breeze past the Barbie bed. It was a standout moment. This conversation is kind of an extension of one Matt and I had on Family Rules, the TV show, season one. I think it was episode seven, if I'm remembering correctly. Matt pulled out the cutest Barbie bed. Oh, it was cute. It was pink. He took the yeah. smartphone. He tucked it under the covers. I mean, you really, yep. it was a great, it was a great illustration. In. Yeah. You yep. want us to put the phone away. Yeah. Kiss it, kiss it goodnight <laughs> and kiss it goodnight early. Because <laughs> again, that is the benefit we found like during COVID is that we have more time together. Right. But we also may have noticed that we actually having more time together when we're disconnected and we're not turned towards each other may not be at half as valuable. Mm -hmm. So if we would just turn our phones off, Put them to bed, 
get everyone in the house to do it, and then allow maybe from nine o'clock on to just be real human time. I mean, what would I do what at that time, really? Talk? That's a, that's a what's good... amazing is you you have to figure it out. Yeah, it's a good chunk of time. <laughs> and and at first, your brain would be like, oh, that's going to be boring. But then, what you might do is talk. Then I what mean, you might do is touch, heaven forbid. Well, in then fact, what, let's let's stop there for a minute because you say technology in large part has replaced the touching. And touching oh yeah. is that physical demonstration of love and commitment in all marriages, and technology is getting in the way of that too. Yeah, in fact, did you know that 93% of people sleep with their phone within arm's reach? 10% of people sleep with their phone under their pillow. Oh, boy. So not only... You're all. You're also getting radiated, not to create a conspiracy. <laughs> Let's not squirrel but, that direction. Yeah, but it's um, it is within reach. But the yeah. funny thing is, is also within reach is your partner. And the funny thing about the phone is, remember, a lot of how they're getting you to to hit the like button. A lot of that is creating chemicals in you, endorphin runs, oxytocin pushes, all these things. All of those same chemicals could be restored with you just touching each other, holding each other. Mm. Research recently has showed that it takes about 20 seconds of touch to ignite oxytocin or that cuddle hormone. So what would happen if you just held each other for 20 seconds? And then everyone's like, well, we don't. Then it always has to go there. We have to go <laughs> do more. But you could make you you don't have to. And but part of it is just. Look at what we're missing out on. Yeah. And then what is that doing to humans that are no longer needing the touch? Needing each other. They still crave the touch, but they, they're just compensating by using a device. Right, right. It, it's going to create, I think, a shallower human being. All of these great points of advice considered, Matt, what's the family benefit? Knowing the platform here is, you know, strengthening families, improving families. If my marriage is strong, right? If if the yeah. if the husband and wife at the top of the tier of this family group, this family team, if they are united, if we are together, what's the benefit for the entire family group? Well, so one thing it's going to create is peace. When kids see that mom and dad are strong, they, they have a model now. And the model means that in this home, love will reign, that everyone's going to know they're capable, everyone's going to belong, and everyone's going to feel safe. And when it, mom and dad can create those, those attachment needs together, then we're more able to create the attachment, stronger attachment to our kids. And when kids have stronger attachment, they're finding right now that about 60% of the population in the United States have attachment issues. They're struggling to safely attach to other people, which is one reason we're seeing like the millennials marry later. And some people don't need to marry and connect and have these relationships. But if mom and dad know how to create safe attachment with each other, and that'll help them heal unsafe attachment from their original families, then we can hand down safe attachment to our kids. It becomes like a tradition of the fathers, loving fathers get handed down to being loving parents and loving families. And we literally can change the world by love, by literally creating a stronger love from the inside of the family unit out. Ah. I love this so much. And you've brought forward such relatable, on-the-ground solutions, things we can do today. Tuck the phone in the Barbie bed. <laughs> replace technology with some touch. I mean, those small little steps, as you've pointed out so eloquently, will make a huge difference. Where can we get more marriage advice from you, my friend? 
Best place is go to matttownsend.com. And I on there, you can go f- look through our date nights. I do these big date night events where oh, I create brand new content every year. And we have four or five of them already there that you can go download and, and go sit with your partner and have an entire date night and learn a bunch of new skills and tools every week. Just go to matttownsend.com. The date nights are quite magical because I'm willing to bet more often than not, it's the woman bringing, bringing oh, that date yeah. to the schedule. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. by the end of the day, your approach with your humor and your levity, I think, has both couples both laughing and committing just to do it better. So you're sharing your gift, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, Brooke. Good to be with you. You've been listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. Today's topic, making marriage a priority. If you liked this conversation, if it was helpful to you, not only in your marriage, but in your family dynamics, your family relationships, we'd invite you to subscribe, rate, and review. We take that feedback to heart. We're always striving to improve. And we referenced Family Rules, the television show, as well, a companion project to this conversation. You can find past episodes on BYUtv.org. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Family Rules, the podcast, is a production of BYU Broadcasting.